Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Podcast on this Monday, May 9th. Uh, again, I forgot to do this on my last podcast show. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms out there, including my mom, Noreen. So um, I just wanted to mention that because I uh, was in a hurry to get off my uh, show the other day, not because of the guests, it's because of time constraints. So anyways, I hope all the mothers out there had a great uh, Mother's Day. So uh, anyways, uh, welcome to Season 3, Episode 36 of Live with CDP podcast. This is my 146th episode of my podcast show. So I'm getting close to that 150 uh, episode mark in just over two years. So I'm looking forward to my guest today. Uh, Her name is Barbara Mantini. She's a professional vocalist, uh, jazz singer, actor and a a vocal coach as well. She's from the Niagara Falls Welland area and I'm looking forward to speaking to her about her uh, uh, career. So if you guys can just bear with me for a minute and I will bring on Barbara and we'll talk a little bit about her uh, career as a musician and as a vocal coach and about her career as an actor, actresses as well. Just one second. Good afternoon, Barbara. How are you doing? I'm good, Chris. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I was looking forward to speaking to you about your current stuff like that and music and a little bit of everything you do. Yeah, I do a lot of bit of everything. <laughs> that seems to be the way uh, when you are an artist in the in the arts, uh, you, you do a little bit of everything just to, so I- uh, you know, to continue to work. So how was how was your weekend? How was your Mother's Day? And uh, uh, what's the latest project you're working on? Well, I had a really great weekend. Um, I celebrated Mother's Day uh, by performing. Actually, I was performing for some seniors. Um, it's in seniors in in some seniors uh, retirement uh, centers. Uh, one in in Aaron Mills and one in Oakville. And uh, I I did a little program for them there. And wow, that's... So that's how I celebrated my Mother's Day. And uh, it was lovely. It was very nice. And um, yeah, so I got to do my thing and uh, do a show for them. And and how did it go overall? Really well? I think so. I think they liked my program. I uh, kind of went with the stuff that I thought they would like from their eras and uh, from the 50s and the 60s, the 40s, 50s, 60s. I did a little bit of the 70s, not too much, but uh, they all seem to appreciate the program I chose. I was going to say, um, how did you get into the industry and uh, who in the, in the jazz industry kind of inspired you? Well, jazz, it's kind of a broad spectrum, right? So jazz covers a lot of ground. Um, uh, I think big band jazz is what initially got me into the jazz. Uh, I started singing. Well, I've been singing for a very long time. I, I started singing when I was like 13. Well, forever. As a child, I was one of those kids that I would sing. If you would say, Barbara, sing the song, I would do it. I had no fear until I became a, a teenager. Then I, I developed my insecurities. But um, I started singing in a band with my older sister, Sandra, uh, when I was about 
13, 14, and did that for a few years. And then we started doing some community theater and got into musical theater. And um, I did musical theater for quite a few years. And uh, the amateur theater led me into professional theater. Um, and uh, I worked together with uh, as a soloist or as a solo artist, and, but also as uh, with my sisters, uh, Sandra and Anne, uh, we, um, a director put us together uh, as a trio. And we used to get hired to do shows with, that needed a trio. And then we developed our own shows and produced those for like 20 years. We, we traveled and toured and we still perform together, but not as, not as much as we used to. Um, so we would create these shows um, and, uh, and produce them and sell them to concert series uh, in the States and in Canada. And then, um, then I would, we would also do our own stuff like theater. We would get hired to do theater shows, um, musicals. And, uh, and then I started doing more band work with my husband. Once I got married, he had a band and then I started singing with his band. And then I started doing some jazz work and, um, one thing in led to another, you just keep adding. And I, I also, um, uh, sing a, a little bit of classical as well. And, uh, you know, I have the regular church gig as well. So, uh, a little bit of everything and teaching on top of it. I was going to say, did I answer um, your question or did I just go <laughs> off on a tangent? No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Like I said, that's great. Um, was besides your sisters, was there anybody else in your family that had musical talent? Well, it just seemed to three of us, we were seven kids. We all loved music and my parents loved music, but they didn't play an instrument, but we always had records uh, back in the day when there was a record player. I remember those days. Yeah. yeah. And I remember our dad bought us this record player and it had, you know, removable speakers but it was stereo. And uh, when he bought it, it came with uh, like a hundred free albums and like, it was crazy. And it had every genre of music. I think that's where our training came from listening to these albums that range from classical to jazz, to musical theater, uh, pop. Uh, it's just everything of that time. Um, and um, so we learned a lot of repertoire <laughs> just from our records. And, uh, and then we started doing harmonizing, singing along. And uh, I think that's what helped us become a trio with singing along to harmon in harmony. I was going to say, how many songs have you recorded so far by yourself and with your sisters? And uh, how many CDs have you uh, made so far? So for me, myself as a soloist, I have one CD, which I released in 2020. And then we had COVID hit. And then... Um, uh, I, I couldn't do my release until I just did it last week, my release show. Uh, the CD was released digitally, but not uh, publicly in like live. Um, so that was finally done. So on that album is about uh, 12, 11, 12 songs and there's five originals. And yeah, so it must be 10 songs, five originals, five covers. And um, with the sisters, we have three CDs that uh, we produced um, uh, three different types. We have a Christmas CD that kind of goes with our Christmas show because we had a Christmas show that we tour with. Um, we have another one called A Pretty World, which is music of the 60s and 70s, but different arrangements that feature our harmonies. And um, uh, Moments to Remember, which is music from our very first show that we did as a sister act that we toured with. And that was a really, really successful show for us because it featured 
female pop singers from the 50s, the yeah, the 50s, the 40s, 50s, and seven no, 50s, 60s, and 70s. <laughs> um, so uh that show did really well for us. We did a lot of that took us many years with that show. Uh, and then we just kept adding other other shows. So our newest show is is a kind of a cul culmination of all of our of our experience, and uh, we've added a horn band, and it's it's a little more concert like rather than show like. Okay, one thing I wanted to ask you: How long did it take uh, for you to do your CD um, by yourself? Like, what's the time process for creating a CD with all your songs? Okay, so I was working with a gentleman. Uh, we were doing gigs, and so some of some of the songs kind of developed as we were doing our gigs, and then some. I would say it took me a year, a year from like, okay, I'm doing it, uh, and then a year to decide what songs I wanted to do, and then, uh, uh, yeah, a year, maybe two years actually, maybe two years. From from you know the thought to actually uh, picking all the songs and deciding what songs and going into studio and then having it all mixed and ready and pressed. I was gonna say, um, and how many songs are on a CD? About eight or nine? I think it's ten. ten. Isn't that funny? I can't remember. I thought it was twelve, but uh, maybe it is twelve. And I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, there's about at least ten. <laughs> it's terrible. I can't remember. <laughs> Now, when you were selecting your songs, did you have input from anyone or did you just choose the songs that you felt would be the best? Well, five of the songs are original tunes that I wrote lyrics to. Um, so my the, the, the Randy Sturzinger is the musician that I collaborated with. He wrote most of the most of the, the originals, like he had melodies and uh, I wrote lyrics to them. So we collaborated on you know, he gave me a bunch of songs to listen to. And then I picked uh, the ones that I liked that I felt I could put lyrics to. And uh, there's another original song from John Sherwood, who actually paid, he plays piano on my CD. And he had a recording, his own live recording, and he had a song on there. And I was listening to his stuff. And I heard that one's original song that he wrote didn't have any lyrics and I could hear lyrics in my head as I was listening to it. And I asked him, you know, do you mind if I put some lyrics to it? And so he said that that was cool. So I did that and uh, I got their approval first on my lyrics. And um, and then I approached another friend of mine, uh, Jimmy DeMartle. He uh, he writes a bunch of stuff. And I asked him if I could listen to a few of his original tunes. He already had lyrics to the songs and I picked one of them. And then the other ones were just like songs that standards that I I would that I would do in performance. Okay. I was going to say, have you written any of your own songs or, or most of it is you've done the lyrics? Mostly okay. lyrics. Lyrics. Yeah. Okay. I was so it might say, be something new. might be something I'll tackle later on in life. Because <laughs> that's something I'm curious about, how long it, it comes, how what the process is for a songwriter and, and, and how long it, it, it takes to do, to go through all that stages and stuff. Yeah. Well, even the lyrics, you know, takes time sometimes. Sometimes they come easy and sometimes they don't. And uh, deciding, you know, what's your story going to be and uh, just making it work with the music and rhymes and all that. 
Okay. Um, before I get to some other questions, is it okay if I show a little uh, video clip of your work uh, from sure. your YouTube channel? I've been checking it out and listening to some of your music, and I find it so relaxing and so calming and oh. just peaceful. Nice. Thank you. And you have a beautiful voice. So um, I usually do this with my guests anyways. I just like to show a little bit of uh, their work on here. So I, I, the one thing I got to ask you, I do have permission to use your music on here? You do. Okay, because I know how crazy Facebook and Twitter and YouTube are with uh, music copyright rules and stuff. No problem. Okay, one second. It's uh, uh, your jazz page, and it was a, it's about a three-minute clip. Oh, my God. 
anyways, that clip was courtesy of your YouTube channel. So please check out your uh, Barbara Mantini YouTube channel. I've already hit the subscribe button. I thought I really liked that little clip of your uh, work. It gives you the audience a little bit of a taste of uh, some of your songs and stuff. Yeah, that's some, some of my jazz stuff. Yes. yes, jazz. Yes. Which club was that at? That was an outdoor festival in Jordan, I believe. Jordan, the, uh, they call it, ooh, they call it Summerfest. I think they okay. call it Summerfest uh, Festival. I was going to say, and people also don't realize this too. Um, I do camera work with Rogers TV, but um, people don't realize when you do a live broadcast or even um, what you're doing performing live, how much work there is in a setup and then a teardown afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so it depends. Uh, I, I'm, I just have to bring my microphone and my little iPad uh, and my music stand. Um, if I'm doing a jazz gig in a club, I have to bring my own PA. Um, and the musicians have to bring their instruments. So there's that, you know, and then sound check. But at a festival, usually the PA is provided for you. And uh, so that's that's a nice treat when all you have to do is bring your instrument plug in and then someone else takes care of the sound that's always that's always a treat what's the what's the normal like when you're performing live uh what's the the like a daily day like and 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 when do you have to get to that club or where you're performing before you go live like a couple hours or one hour it depends on what kind of a performance it is and where it is if it's me doing my jazz i show up about uh 45 minutes early, half an hour uh, to set up, plug in and go, um, uh, you know, no more than an hour. But if I'm doing a theater show, like with my sisters, if we're doing a concert in a theater, then our sound check will be quite early in the day. Uh, so let's say you have a seven o'clock show or an eight o'clock show. You might have a sound check at three o'clock. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then depending on how big the band is, like with the sisters, if we have a, a, a big band, we might just rehearse a couple of things uh, and get, get used to the stage because the stage might be big. And then we just have to kind of when you're working as as a as a trio, there's more to think about, uh, like stage wise. You have to kind of work together when you're solo. There's it's it's all up to you. So it doesn't matter. Right. You can just improvise at the moment what you're going to do. Okay. I'm going to ask you another question. Uh, where did you attend school and did you have any mentor or mentors when you were starting up in the industries? I, uh, I, I did not go to a post-secondary school. Um, I graduated high school and then I went right um, into, I went right to work like in an office doing office work and secretarial work, but I always wanted, knew I was going to be go into singing. So I studied music uh, privately uh, from the time I was 16 and voice work and uh, predominantly and uh, did my exams and stuff for the Royal Conservatory. Uh, and then by the time I was 21, I was I was getting paid to do theater shows and theater gigs. So um, that took me away. Uh, so that was my schooling was actually doing it, being thrown into it and taking dance lessons as well on the side, uh, because I had to learn to dance. I had to, you know, take some acting classes, take singing classes. And that was all done like, um, on my own time. And, uh, yeah, mentor wise, I had a lot of mentors 
uh, you know, people that believed in you and, and uh, encouraged you. Uh, I, my very first mentor would have been Peter Hamilton. He was a director from New York that would come in and direct the community shows uh, with Garden City Productions. And he always was very encouraging and encouraged me to, to pursue music theater. And, um, and then um, we, another director, Alan Lund, took the sisters and I, took my three sisters, took my two sisters and me um, to Charlottetown Festival where they do Anne of Green Gables. And he put us in a big band show and and he had a lot of faith in us and he really loved us. And he put us in ind individually in shows and then he put us together in shows. So he was a mentor as well. And as well as Howard Cable. Howard Cable was a conductor and arranger. Um, he was quite big at the time with CBC in the 50s. And 60s, they they used to have like variety shows, and at the CNE, they used to do these big, huge spectacle shows. And he was always the musical director. But when I met him in the Char with the Charlottetown Festival, he was our music director, and um, he uh, would do pops concerts across Canada. He would do pops uh, programs, and he was always looking for new artists to add to his program. And then he took the three of us to be part of his uh, concert series. So we, we, we performed with uh, orchestras across Canada uh, doing his pops shows. So Howard Cable was a great big mentor and uh, a, a dear, dear, dear friend up until, you know, he passed uh, a few years ago. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, like I said, life is too short nowadays. It is. And that's why you have to enjoy life and you have to be brave and do the things that you love and that you want to do. You can't put things off because you don't know what, what you have to, you have to let go of the resistance <laughs> and the things that hold you back and just do what it is you love and be open to it and brave. And because life is short, we don't well, know I, our expiry date. That's true. And it, it took me almost, I'll be 50 in June, but it only took me 48 years to figure out what I want to do. And that's to get into radio. And I've been doing this podcast show for over two years now. And I've been doing volunteer work with Rogers TV as a camera operator. And then I'm with the National Basketball League of Canada as a, a media representative. And I'm just hoping I get an opportunity one day from my work on my podcast shows. That's awesome. And you know, you will, you keep striving for that and you will, you will. I was 60 when I made my jazz CD. Wow. It was my bucket list thing. So, wow. um, you know, it took me a long time to get there. But And I didn't know, I always wanted to do a CD, but I didn't know what I was going to put on my CD until I started to sing jazz because I didn't always do jazz gigs. And then once I started doing these jazz gigs, uh, that's when the idea came. And so, you know, I don't know what the future has for me, but I've learned if I want to do something, I do it. I write it down. And next thing you know, I'm making plans. <laughs> You're right. It takes one step at a time. You just have to put it out there. And I find writing it on paper is much is, is, is it, it, there's something about writing down your, mm -hmm. your desire. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're doing steps towards your desire. Absolutely. And that's what I do with my podcast shows too. But I've also learned too from uh, Eric Smith from the Toronto Raptors too. It's good to write stuff down that you want to ask your guests, but you try to make the conversation as natural as possible. Like we're talking at a club or we're talking outside. It just makes for better conversation instead of doing everything all completely scripted on live. Yes. And that takes practice, right? 
Absolutely. And one thing too, I'm learning too, is any career you go into, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have rejections. I did get one today uh, from a podcast producer job in Toronto, but they at least were nice enough to let me know, but you know what? I'm not going to let, I I wouldn't say the word rejection. It's just uh, right now. I'll just have to, I guess it's just got to keep working hard on what I'm doing. And and, and, it's not the time and there will be a time, right? Absolutely. So, cause that's sometimes people, they, they try to go into a career and then they have a setback and, and then they just kind of give up. And, and, uh, I'm very motivated with this podcast and what I'm doing. That's great. That's awesome. Good for you. And you know, it's like with my CD, I, I finished recording it and, and, and released it, uh, digitally. And then COVID hit like the next day. I had to cancel my shows and it, and then those two years of COVID was really discouraging because then I started losing all the, the impetus to, to do my show. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do my show. And then someone said, then I went to the, the venue that uh, was actually going to host my show. And I just went there to watch someone else. And they said, Hey, we got to get you back in here. And I went, yeah. Okay. And then, then the next thing you know, I'm booking a date and I booked a date and did it. So you do have days of discouragement, right? Yes. And that, I try to ask that with all my guests too, because I love hearing my guests' uh, stories as well. Because not every not everything in life goes smoothly or according to plan. There's no. sometimes there's, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Detours. That's right. And maybe those detours are important. Definitely. And uh, what I was going to say, that's what got me. That's what helped me get through this pandemic is I ironically started my podcast show just before the pandemic struck. And it really helped me get through those two years. That's great. Yeah, that is awesome. Thank you. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you, I think I already asked you this, but I can't remember. My memory is a little um, fuzzy here. Do you remember the first song that you ever performed? And uh, just did you have some favorite jazz singers when you were growing up specifically? The first song I ever performed in public? Uh, Yes. Yes. I was in kindergarten. And I was as a child, I was not shy about singing. Uh, that my, the shyness didn't come till later, you know, when, when you're like 13. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was singing at, at school. I told the teacher I was going to be a singer and I think f- it must've been a show and tell. I sang Rudolph, the red gun cowboy. My neighbor had just taught me that song and I sang it and there was a school, uh, 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 what do you have? What do you call that when you're in the gym? Uh, everybody is in the gym, the school assembly. Yes. And the 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 vice principal uh, calls me up and asks me to sing a song. And I remember I could hardly wait to sing. So I sang Rudolph the Red Gun Cowboy. So that would be my first public appearance. <laughs> it's not a very nice song. <laughs> So that was my first appearance. And then my favorite jazz singer, I think, has to be Ella, of course, Ella Fitzgerald. She's um, she is the epitome of jazz singing and with her scatting and uh, her mellow tone and uh, just, uh, you know, everything that she did. And uh, of course, there's Sarah Vaughn and uh, uh, there's a ton of jazz singers, but um, uh, I really like Ella. Okay. 
I was going to say, and what's your favorite city so far that you've performed in so far? That I've performed in? My favorite city? Hmm. Hmm. Gee, they're all beautiful. Uh, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. That's a hard question. Um, the Ruth Eckert Hall in Florida with my sisters. That was a beautiful hall. A huge. It was huge. That was a beautiful hall. So maybe that's one of my favorites. I was going to say, have you been to New Orleans yet? Because I know they're known for their jazz. I was only there as a, as a tourist, but I did okay. go to New Orleans. Yeah. Because that's one of my cities on my bucket list is yeah, to, to check out fun. New Orleans. It's very Definitely. nice. And lots of jazz and, and uh, lots of history as well in that, uh, in that town. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. Are you still good for time for a, a few more minutes? I am. Okay. I just wanted to double check because I like to talk and ask a lot of questions too. So uh, my next one I wanted to ask you was, can you tell my audience about your role as a vocal coach? Yeah. So I started... Um, doing some vocal coaching or vocal teaching, I would get some people who wanted to, uh, like adults and young adults that wanted to improve their singing. And so they would come to me for lessons or just to get, you know, to get ready for an audition and tweaking. And that, uh, doing that actually led me to teach at Niagara College in the acting program. I teach there part-time as well in the acting for um, uh, film and uh, digital media. And um, so I teach vocal production, how the voice works, and um, we do voiceover stuff as well. Um, I will direct them uh, in there when they we, we create demos, commercial voice demos for the students, and I and I would direct them. And um, so my private teaching has led me to teaching at the college. Um, and I continue, I have a few students. I don't take a lot of private students uh, anymore, but I, I just take the ones that are really serious and, and enjoy working on their voice. And, and, you know, especially if they have like a goal they want to achieve. I love that. And I was going to say, I've had some guests on, uh, including Jerry Howarth, who used to be with the Blue Jays. Uh, and he was telling me uh, before he was with the Blue Jays, he actually took uh, vocal uh, lessons just, uh, for his vo to work on his voice uh, for doing radio as well. Yeah, yeah, because it's you know there's it's a whole science behind you know having a good projected voice, very you know and and supported breath and uh, a nice clear voice, um, um, and uh, and also this my coaching and teaching at the college also led me to another thing that I do is I direct audiobooks. Um, or a voice, I direct the voice director for audiobooks. So um, that it all kind of led me to that. Definitely. And this is, leads me to my next question is what is it like to be a professor at Niagara College and uh, teaching students? And how satisfying is that when you see your students uh, succeed? Oh, it's so satisfying. I love to see my students, you know pursue what they want and and uh, are successful at it. Uh, it's a tough industry, right? The film industry, um, the acting industry, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's so satisfying. I remember I had one student, his name was Scott, and Scott wanted to do voice work. And I also teach like a marketing class 
for the actors on how to market themselves and creating their portfolios and doing income tax and all that. And I remember he just wanted to be a voice, a voice artist. He wanted to do voiceover and he was actually very good at it too. I remember working on his demo and it was like, wow, he was already quite, quite, um, ahead in his craft and once he graduated he like within a year he landed an agent he started doing voiceover work he was doing like all of the uh the lottery the lottery lotto max he was doing lotto max for a while he was the voice of lotto max and and car um um i forget what car if it was to toyota anyway he was doing a bunch of um, voiceover work and he still does and so that was, you know, it's a coup for for um, teachers when their students are successful. And we've had uh, other students that one girl, she wrote, she wrote uh, a, a series, a script. She submitted it to CBC and they piloted it and she ended up with a series on CBC Gem. So, you know, that's exciting. It's a wow to see them doing stuff. How many years is the program that you're teaching? A two-year program, three-year program? It's a two-year program. It's very, very, very comprehensive two-year. Mm -hmm. Wow. They get a lot of, lot of experience, a lot of training, a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I was going to say, and, and people identify like, like certain voices like i've had public address announcers on too and uh as soon as you hear the voice you, you identify them with that team as well yeah that's right yes you do so, definitely um this leads to my next question i want to ask uh what is the hardest aspect of the acting vocal music industry and what do you enjoy about it the most obviously you mentioned it the satisfaction doing it for your love because you have a passion for it and for your students. But what, what are some of the hardest aspects of it? The hardest aspects is getting a gig all the time, always having to hustle, hustle, hustle. And now we have social media. You got to keep posting <laughs> that to me. That's the hardest. Uh, trying to sell yourself is the hardest uh, because it's, you know, it's not what it is. It's not what you want to do. You just want to go out there and do your thing. Um, but selling yourself is hard. That's hard work. Absolutely. Um, uh, I can kind of relate to that with the podcast because there's so many podcasts out there. And and just promoting myself on social media is a full-time job itself. Yes, absolutely. It is. It is. And um, what I enjoy the most is the actual doing of my craft, of my art, and reaching people and and knowing that you you touch people with your work and uh you you know that's the most satisfying is actually doing it doing it and and and, and enjoying it so in a way i, I i'm not a musician because i don't have the voice or the talent for it but i like to tell stories that's something i have a, a passion for being a storyteller yes. and being able to talk to different people for my guests um 80% of my podcasts are sports, but now I'm branching out and trying to talk to people from other industries, such as yourself, and just to branch out a little more too as well. That's great. Yeah. You need the diversity, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, and uh, I've taken up blogging too. So I find the more things I can do, the more of an asset hopefully I'll be for uh, a company one day. That's great, Chris. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, next question I wanted to ask you, who are some of your other favorite musicians and actors? And uh, tell, us some about, tell us about some of your voiceover work and which ones uh, you've uh, done. I think Rupert was one of them. 
I have it down on my little ticker here as well. Yeah. Some of my favorite musicians. Hmm. Anyone who's talented is my favorite musician. <laughs> um, I love, you know, I love classical music and I love jazz and I love, uh, I appreciate, I just appreciate good musicianship. Uh, even in the Niagara region here where I'm from, we have some really talented, I mean, really talented musicians and nobody knows who they are. Um, and whenever I book musicians for my gigs, I'm in awe of their talent. So they're all my favorite. <laughs> They're okay. all my favorite musicians and okay. actors, actors. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I love it when I love a lot of British television. Unfortunately, I love to watch British series. Um, uh, the acting is, is so superb. Um, but you know, of course we have like, um, and now I'm, I can't even think of names. Um, I, the names will escape me. Um, but I do have a lot of favorite actors. There's not just one. Okay. Yeah. This one I had to ask you, I didn't want to forget this question. Um, I was going to say, do you have any rituals before you perform live to, to help you relax and focus more? Yeah. Um, a warm up. I always warm up vocally. I find that centers me and grounds me and gets the voice ready, but I also need to ground myself in the breath um, uh, because you know, you can get really nervous and anxious about your performance, but if you're grounded, it helps and it helps you to focus. Um, and then you don't have to worry about your nerves so much. Uh, some days are better than others. So I, I guess, and then usually for the whole day, I don't like to do a lot of stuff. Like I'll putter, but I don't like it when I have to do a million things and then I have to warm up and then go perform that that kind of it doesn't get me in the zone so I, I like to have a nice comfortable day i had just a bug across across my my desk um uh yeah so i like to take it easy in the morning i like to write my notes i like to do maybe a little puttering around the house or you know put things away just things that aren't too hectic and uh uh, and then do my warm up, get myself in the zone. I like to get to the venue a little bit early so I can get into the space. Um, that's my ritual. I was going to say on an average performance, what's the time like? Is it usually about an hour, hour and a half, 45 minutes, or it just depends on how to, many songs you're doing? To get in the zone, you mean, or to warm up? To warm up, like uh, for to a warm, performance. Yeah, to warm up, I don't need a lot of time because then I'll get tired, right? So I just want to get the breath going, get the, get the range going. Um, so, you know, 10, 15 minutes is plenty. It's plenty. 10, 15. That's all yeah. I need okay. uh, just to kind of get everything moving and focused and, you know, even just focusing my thoughts that too, that takes about five minutes, I guess. Uh, that's very helpful. And oh, then I, I see that yeah. I didn't answer about your, the voiceover work. Yes. Um, so I always wanted to do voiceover work ever since I was a kid, right? I liked cartoons. And um, how I got into voice work was when I was living in Toronto, uh, pursuing uh, the acting a uh, little more aggressively. Uh, I, I saw in our, I belong to a couple of union, actors unions. I belong to the Canadian Actors Equity and ACTRA. 
and I noticed a posting of someone of, of someone um, doing a workshop on voice uh, cartoon voice work, and she was the director, um, and she worked for Nelvana at the time, which is part of Chorus now, and um, she was she directed things like uh, Magic School Bus and Arthur and uh, Rupert and all that. So she was doing a workshop. I took her workshop. And in those days, there weren't a lot of workshops. Now there's a lot of workshops everywhere. Um, so I took her workshop and um, she, I created a demo and she kind of listened to it and, and um, gave me, you know, pointers and stuff. And then she started hiring me to do some uh, cartoons. And so my very first cartoon was um, um, Babar the movie, the first one. Uh, I just did some incidental voices. It was, um, it was like actually ADR. So I was dubbing <laughs> a cartoon, which was kind of fun. Um, but it was a blast. And that was exciting. And then she kept hiring me to do other things. So I did Rupert, a little Rosie, and... Uh, 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 the busy world of Richard Scary. Um, and I would do little incidental characters or busy world of Richard Scary. I was professor dog and I would show up every once in a while. Um, yeah. So I did that for, for a little bit. And then, um, I think she moved on and, um, and the industry is funny. Uh, it's clicky and it's, um, and now that I'm an older girl, they think you have an old voice. So, you know, when they, when auditions come up, they'll say the auditions will be, uh, eight, they'll have an age range. And so now I'm in, I'm 61. <laughs> and so now if it's under 60 years old, I'm not, you know, called for that. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm not called uh, in for that audition. So it's, it's a, it's a hard business, but I'm going to keep, I'm keep trying. I keep submitting and I, I've been getting auditions for, for audiobooks as well. even even though I do direct some of them, um, I auditioned for some as well. So hopefully uh, I'll continue to get some more work in that, in the voiceover area. I'll be definitely glad to uh, promote you as much as I can on, on my social media. Now I want to ask you this. Do you have a favorite animated series that you might want watch once in a while, so, such as The Simpsons or something like that? Yeah, they're good. And uh, what else? Well, you know, I've watched The Family Guy and all that. But, you know, my favorite have always been the I'm old school. I'm from an older generation. So the Warner Brothers cartoons, the original, you know, Bugs Bunny, of course, Mel Blanc, you know, infamous. For Flintstones. Flintstones. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, some of the humor was very adult and kids didn't catch the innuendos, right? It was and, different and, back then, yes. <laughs> and some of them were brilliant. and and um yeah, it's just uh and Family Guy too, you know, he's brilliant. Uh the things that he would throw in and uh, uh the writer, what's his name? Uh I'm trying to think. I can't remember the name. <laughs> and he's also the voice for many characters. Uh brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. Um yeah, so hopefully one day I'll get to do some more. 
Definitely. I hope you do because you have a, a, a smooth, uh, professional sounding voice, a really calming voice. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I'm still working on my voice. I have to be honest, and I've told my guests this too. I always listen to all my podcasts after um, on audio form, and I, I'm still hard on my voice. And, and some guys say you never uh, get quite comfortable with your voice. Um, did you have that at first uh, when oh, you were singing? for sure. For sure. I think I'm getting better at accepting how I sound. Um, and, you know, voiceover has changed from when I first started the commercial voice. You know, years ago, everything was very trained, very focused, very placed. Not so much now. Now they want they want a natural voice. They want a conversational voice. They want you to sound like you're talking to your friend, you know. Uh, and a lot of it is like it's very hot. It's very like you just talk really soft. It's hardly any volume at all. So that's it. Um, it's different. And I come from, you know, theater where I had to learn how to, I had to bring my voice down because I was so used to projecting and being big. <laughs> and the same thing for, for singing. Uh, you know, years ago, it was a different style of singing. And now everything it's a little softer. Everything is like, I don't know if you can hear me, but everything is just softer. So you're singing hardly with any voice at all. So I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah. I can hear it loud and clear. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's changed that way. So they, they're looking for more natural, um, you know, conversational, the guy next door, you know, and, and quirky voices. They're looking for naturally quirky, you know, not a put on, uh, they're not looking for people to imitate other, other people, but, you know, just kind of have a unique. Yeah, unique, unique, but, but unique, but in their own yeah way. So, yeah. So it's, it keeps changing, right? So you have to figure out what's, what's trending. Okay, definitely. And I just got two quick questions. I want to wrap this up with you have any other besides what you're doing with your teaching and, uh, your music and stuff. Do you have any other hobbies, favorite restaurants and, uh, when now that the pandemic I think is behind us, uh, traveling places to go to. And do you have any other kind of music you like to listen to besides jazz, like um, rock and roll, classic rock and roll or Motown music or any of that other music? Yeah, I listen to it all um, at different times. And and I'm, I continue to study voice. Um, I'm working on, uh, you know, finishing my role conservatory. So I'm working on my ARCT, which is the final leg of, uh, the conservatory, uh, training. So it's all classical and opera and aria, um, oratorio stuff. So, uh, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of classical music because I'm also doing a history component to it. And um, I have to learn a lot of very technical pieces. So I've been listening to a lot of classical. I do love Motown. I love blues. I love to sing the blues. And, and as I get older, even more, as my voice starts to get a little more weighted in sound, you know, um, um, I, I listen, I love rock. My son, uh, is uh, in a rock band revive the rose and so i love listening to their music and uh and other bands that he uh he performs uh or shares the stage with and um what else i love i love everything yeah i like i like all styles of music at different times yeah and yeah. um um i love thai food 
I love Thai food. I love Indian food. Uh, and I love, we're, my husband and I are planning a trip out east. We're going to tour the east coast this summer. That's our okay. plan. I was going to say, I uh, finally went to the States uh, about, a week ago for the first time in two and a half years and it felt nice to be able to drive on the highway again and and visit somewhere another yeah. country and uh I, I love sports so i was so happy to do that now as for musicians i love billy uh, joe and bob oh, yeah. singer specifically i was supposed to take a family member to see billy joe but unfortunately the pandemic struck and then last year they had all the restrictions so I still haven't been to a live music concert yet, which mm -hmm. is on my bucket list. So hopefully I'll be able to go to one soon. Maybe I'll, I'll have to come up to your area and check out your, uh, when you're playing up in Niagara well and next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw Billy Joe live once about 20, oh, almost 30 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he was great. I missed him in New York City by one day, and then I did have tickets for him to see him in Buffalo in Orchard Park. But unfortunately, the pandemic uh, the last two years kind of yeah. struck. So I'm hoping maybe this summer I'll be able to, to uh, listen to some, go see and listen to some live music in person. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to wrap it up with one last question for you, Barbara. Sure. I probably kept you longer than uh, the 40 minutes, but uh, I was going to say any advice for those looking to pursue a career in music, acting industry, vocal coach industry, and where can my audience find you again? Well, uh, you can find me at uh, barbaramantini.com or on Facebook. I think I'm at Barbara Mantini or at Mantini Barbara. There was one I had to change because it was already taken. <laughs> so there's, a, there's another Barbara Mantini out there. Um, advice for people pursuing a career in music and acting. Just keep doing it. Keep performing. Keep studying. Keep learning. Keep an open mind. Connect. Network. Meet people. Go see people. Um, and encourage others. Uh, and, uh, you know, support others. And they will support you as well. And just share share your knowledge share your 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 talent and um you just have to be brave and do it you will have to have a part-time job or some kind of other full-time job to support you most likely um or initially uh because it, it is hard industry both music and acting um so find a job if it's not, if acting and music is what you want to do find a job a day job or, or, uh, a job that, that allows you the, the freedom or the, the versatility to, you know, either go to auditions if you're an actor, cause you have to go to auditions. That's part of the acting gig. So something that will let, allow you to do that. A lot of people, you know, wait on tables because they'll have their daytime free to go to auditions and things, or, um, you know, take a long lunch or, or an early lunch or late lunch and make that your audition time. And if you're in music, um, yeah, you'll, you'll need to find a work, maybe daytime work, uh, so that you can do your nighttime work. Um, yeah. So you, you have to do what you have to do to help support your, your love, your, your, your career, your, your, your art until your art becomes full-time. It may never become full-time. Uh, it may be, it may become three-quarter time. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, it's the whole thing is pursuing it and doing it 
and looking for opportunities and networking and um, growing as an artist. Absolutely. And that's what I'm trying to do with my uh, podcast too. And I was going to say one aspect of this is uh, the guest booking. Uh, I have to be very flexible with my guests and guest booking itself is a full-time job itself. I believe that for sure. But, but I love doing it. I have a passion for it. And I've met a lot of wonderful people such as yourself and people in the, um, in big ESPN, TSN, sports, I never thought would ever give me the time of day as well. So uh, this podcast and my volunteer work with Rogers TV has really changed my life. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, you're such a great, kind person and, and, and you know, lovely to share time with. And people love to help people, you know, if uh, you know that they're honest and, and doing it from the heart, you know, every, people love to help others. People love to mentor. And, I, and I've been very lucky. And uh, like I said, I just try to keep improving every day. And the more you do something, the better you get at it. Absolutely. Well so, said. Yeah. I was going to say, Barbara, I'm going to let you go. I was going to say, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. And uh, I'm looking forward to listening to more of your music. Oh, and uh, definitely we'll keep in touch with you on social media. And I will make sure after I will download this to audio version and it'll be on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. So Awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, Chris, it's been a delight. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm so happy to be, to have been on your podcast. Well, thank you so much, Barbara. I hope you have a, a great day and we'll definitely keep in touch with you on uh, social media platforms. All right. Sounds great. Take care. You too, Barbara. Best. You too. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast today with Barbara Mantini. Uh, you can also check her out again on Twitter. She's on Twitter at Mantini Barbara. And also you can check her out on BarbaraMantini.com, her website as well. And uh, I really appreciate her coming on today uh, and talking about her career in music as a vocal coach and as an actor as well. Um, before I go, guys, I'm going to do this like I normally do. Uh, live with CDP podcast. The audio version is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Castbox, and LinkedIn as well. And you guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I post a lot of stuff on my TikTok page, so check me out on TikTok at Live with CDP podcast as well. And also, guys, I just finished a new blog last night, so please check out my latest blog. It's about the uh, 2022 National Lacrosse League uh, playoffs. You can check it out at wordpress.com slash home slash live with cdp podcast.wordpress.com it's a huge lacrosse uh, blog i did and also i have another lacrosse uh, i guess coming on this wednesday night at six o'clock and that's a legendary lacrosse player and nll analyst um and writer for indoor lacrosse brian shanahan he's also the brother of uh leafs president and former hockey hall of famer Brandon Shanahan. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Brian Shanahan this Wednesday night at six o'clock. So I have a double header on my podcast and uh, just one sec guys. Yeah. So on Wednesday uh, next live with CDP podcast, Wednesday, May 11th, I have a double header at 11 o'clock. I have Donnie Blackwell 
Donnie Blackwell, a sports writer at Townsend Tower Light newspaper. And she's also on their sports network as an intern. And she's also a podcast host like myself. Uh, She's got lead and she's a CEO of Beauty by Royal May. She'll be on at 11 o'clock in the morning. And then at 6 o'clock Wednesday night, Brian Shanahan to talk about his career as a lacrosse player and the National Lacrosse League uh, playoffs and maybe a little bit about the game to my audience as well. I've just become a new fan of the National Lacrosse League uh, thanks to my friends Pat and John, and I've been to two games recently, so I love it as well. So I hope you guys can tune in for that. And also, guys, you can check out the National Lacrosse League playoff schedule, nll.com slash schedule 2022 playoff broadcast schedule as well. And also, guys, the National Cross League Finals in the West, you got Colorado-San Diego, best of three. And then you got Toronto Rock taking on the Buffalo Bandits starting May 15th in the East Final, best of three. Uh, the West Final begins on Friday, May 13th at 10 o'clock from San Diego. And the East Final begins this Sunday, May 15th at 6 o'clock from the Key Bank Center in Buffalo. I'm really looking forward to this. And uh, let's see, guys. Also, we got uh, in the NBA playoffs tonight. We got Boston and Milwaukee game four and Memphis at Golden State game four as well. And for Bills Mafia who watches this, uh, Monday Night Football is heading back to Buffalo. Uh, the Bills will host the Tennessee Titans on September 19th at 7.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN for a week two rematch of last year's uh, most exciting matchups, which the Titans won at the end of the game that came down to inches as well. Uh, the NFL uh, full schedule will be released on May 12th as well. So... And I think that's about it, guys. Oh, the OHL last night, Kitchener won. Um, they beat uh, the Windsor Spitfires 4-2. to two, So that series is tied at 1-1. Uh, the next game is Tuesday in Kitchener and Thursday in Kitchener. So we'll see if the Rangers can uh, take a 2-1 to one lead in that series with having home ice advantage as well. So... And I think that's about it. But again, I want to say thank you so much to my guest, Barbara Mantini. And please check out her website, barbaramantini.com. And that's all. I hope you guys all have a great day. Enjoy the NHL games. Enjoy Major League Baseball. Enjoy the NBA games. And uh, I hope you guys can check out my uh, latest blog on uh, wordpress.com live with cdp i just want to say thank you to everybody watching this on my youtube channel uh please hit subscribe if you already haven't and thank you to those watching on facebook live and on twitter and uh, later on thank you to those that listen to me on apple google spotify and anchor fm Uh, my podcast is now in 14 countries so all right guys um have a great day great night and we'll see you Wednesday at 11 o'clock for the next live, edi- live edition of Live with CDP podcast with my guest Donnie Blackwell at 11 a.m. and Brandon Shanahan at 6 o'clock. So, again, thank you to Barbara Mantini for coming on today. And uh, you guys, hopefully you guys can listen to her podcast later on today. Have a great night, guys. And we'll see you Wednesday at 11 o'clock for another edition of Live with CDP podcast. We'll